Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. The sermon was preached on March 5th, 2023 for the second Sunday in the season of Lent and is based on the gospel reading for that day, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Now there's a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who comes from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify of what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The Word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Fear is an interesting thing. It's so subjective. Yesterday, during breakfast, I read an article about a guy in Australia who had to run to his car to to grab something out of his glove box, and hanging from the visor were a pair of huntsman spiders. I don't know if you know anything about huntsman spiders, but they're pretty much something taken straight out of one of my personal nightmares. Their average size is a little smaller than my hand. Now, they're not deadly to a guy my size, but that doesn't matter. If I saw those two spiders hanging from the visor on my car, I'd be out of the garage before you could say Peter Parker. I'd be on a flight back to Canada where we may have nine months of winter, but at least we don't have spiders like that. I don't know how anyone lives there. My arachnophobia would not allow it. Just for kicks, I I looked up a list of the most common phobias or fears. Do you know any of these? Coming in at number one was glossophobia, the fear of public speaking. Number two, thanatophobia, the fear of death or dying. Number three, acrophobia, the fear of heights. Other phobias include arachnophobia, claustrophobia, the fear of small spaces, thalassophobia, the fear of the sea or or deep water. I looked at several other lists of fears, including some of the silly ones like 
hippopotamonstra sesquipedaliophobia, the fear of long words, or arachibudiorophobia, the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. There are all kinds of fears. And it's amazing how many of them have names, but no matter how many lists I looked at or how long, there was one fear that we read about in our gospel for today that didn't appear anywhere. I'll call it mathetephobia and ask, are you afraid of Jesus? Nicodemus was. That's why when John records his visit, he's careful to say that Nicodemus came to Jesus under cover of darkness. You see, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he was afraid to be seen with Jesus. As a rule, Pharisees hated Jesus. He threatened their power and exposed their hypocrisy. Pretty much from the moment that Jesus popped onto the scene, the Pharisees were plotting to discredit Jesus, to destroy his reputation, and ultimately to plot his demise. You can understand, then, why it was risky for Nicodemus to pay Jesus a visit, and why, when he did, he made that visit at night. If anyone saw him, his reputation would have been ruined. He could have lost his job and career just for talking with Jesus. Nicodemus was afraid of associating with Jesus. Are you? Are you afraid of associating with Jesus? There are plenty of times that I dread that moment when my faith comes up in a conversation because I've seen it too many times. I say I'm a Christian, a pastor, I, I talk about going to church, and the person opposite me clams up, and the conversation is basically over. It's uncomfortable. What would your teammates think if you couldn't make Sunday morning rink time or the weekend tournament because you were at church? Would you lose your spot on the team or, or the respect of your coach? What about when you're out with friends and, and someone brings up a touchy subject that touches on your faith? Are you afraid of what people will think about you? So you decide to, to speak shallowly and, and skirt the issue, just hoping to survive the conversation? Then you're no better than Nicodemus was, slinking off to meet Jesus at night so that no one would know. But at least Nicodemus went, you might say. At least I'm here at church today, or I, I did talk to my friends about Jesus at lunch the other day. Well, that may be true. And, and kudos for Nicodemus, to Nicodemus, for, for taking that risk. Kudos to you for when you risk associating with Jesus, too. But for Nicodemus, and I think for us, too, the fear of being associated with, associated with Jesus is only the beginning. It's only half as bad as the fear of what being a disciple of Jesus would mean. Even Nicodemus, the Pharisee, was willing to admit that Jesus was special. I mean, obviously no one else could turn water into wine or walk on water. Nicodemus was willing to acknowledge Jesus as a gifted teacher. But Nicodemus was not ready to admit that Jesus was his savior. To admit that Jesus was his savior would be to admit that Nicodemus was a sinner who needed to be saved, whose life needed to be changed. 
Think about how especially galling that would have been for a Pharisee who, provide, who prided himself on being a good person and a rule follower. Think about how galling that would be for a Pharisee who looked at the immoral world around him and considered himself a light in the comparative darkness. Nicodemus wasn't just afraid of associating with Jesus. He was afraid that Jesus might actually be who he claimed to be. Because if Jesus really was his savior, then Nicodemus was a sinner who needed salvation, who needed to change his sinful way of life. What about you? Are you afraid of who Jesus really is and what that would mean for you in your life? I think a lot of people are, even those of us who call ourselves Christian. We'd rather have Jesus be a teacher than a savior because a teacher is working with students who can learn and grow. A savior, on the other hand, is only needed by the helpless and the hopeless. We don't just need a push in the right direction. We need salvation, and, and that's scary. And as if that weren't enough, if we accept that Jesus is our Savior, then that means we are sinners, and there are parts of our lives that are sinful and need to change. Maybe for you, the thing that needs to change is the thing that keeps you from hearing God's word with God's people on Sunday mornings. Your favorite weekend getaway, a hobby, sport, habit, or career that takes you out of town or out of commission on Sunday mornings. Maybe the thing that needs to change is the company you keep. People who don't support you spiritually or, or who put stumbling blocks in the way of your faith. Maybe the thing that needs to change is no deeper than your heart. A pharisaical heart, just like Nicodemus is, that allows itself to think better of itself than it should. A heart that plays and thinks that it wins the comparison game with other lesser hearts who make bad decisions when we make good ones. Mathetephobia is real, and I think the most undiagnosed fear among Christians. We are afraid to be seen with Jesus, we are afraid to need him, and we are afraid to give up our sinful lifestyles for him. What a sad state we'd be in if Jesus in any way felt the same way about us. What good news to know that he doesn't. Jesus was not afraid to associate with you or to change his life for you. He made the biggest lifestyle change in all human history because he loves you. He gave up his throne in heaven and exchanged it for a humble human body to become just like you. Jesus wasn't afraid to associate with you. He became your brother so that he could become your savior. We were lost in sin and damned for it. But Jesus came not to teach us how to be better or how to rise above our sin, not to modify our behavior so we could earn our place in heaven. No, Jesus came to be our savior, to associate himself with us so thoroughly that his life, could serve as a substitute for ours, that his death could count for all our sins, that he could give the universal promise that so many Christians have committed to memory, and for good reason, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's how much God loves you. To associate himself with you, and to change to give his life for you, so that you could live with him forever, without fear or guilt or shame in heaven. Do you know the next time we hear about Nicodemus in the Bible? It's not until after Jesus' death. Apparently, what Jesus had said to him here had an impact on him. Because when it became obvious that, that Jesus was dead on that cross and that it would be appropriate to bury his body, Nicodemus did what nobody else was willing to do. That one of, what none of the disciples were brave enough to do. Nicodemus walked right up to Pontius Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. He wasn't afraid anymore who might see him with Jesus. He just loved Jesus and wanted to show that love for his Savior no matter how many people saw it, no matter what it might cost him. What about you? How is the knowledge of Jesus' love for you going to change your life? Are you going to give up your embarrassment at, at being a Christian and look for opportunities to talk about your Savior? You should read the newest mission blog from our synod. One pastor even created an opportunity to talk about Jesus while he was getting his teeth cleaned at the dentist. Imagine that. How many opportunities do we miss because we think it's inconvenient or the wrong place or time? What could be more inconvenient than when somebody has their fingers in your mouth? But he managed it. And he met a person who needed their Savior. And now she's going to church. How many opportunities does God give you every day to share the good news that we heard in our gospel? The good news of John 3.16, of God's love for you. Which parts of your life are, are you going to change? Which sinful habits are you willing to break to, to show your thanks to him? What hobby, sport, or career changes could you make so that your spiritual life could flourish even more than your social life? Whatever it is, know that your God loves you. Your salvation does not depend on the changes you make or the opportunities you take. You will see the kingdom of heaven because he sent his son from heaven to earth for you, not to judge you, but to save you, to associate himself with you, and to give you eternal life with him. Now use the life he has given you here and now to associate, him, to associate yourself with him and to rejoice in his salvation. Amen.